Hello, and welcome to a new episode of From the Honeycomb Podcast. I am your host, Katerina Burenova. Each week, we dive into a blend of topics that resonate with the soul. Whether you're an architect enthusiast, have a passion for wanderlust, want to discover holistic approaches to rejuvenate your body and mind, or are intrigued to learn about Vastu Shastra with a modern approach, you've come to the right place. Join me as I sit down with inspiring, like-minded women from various walks of life. We will delve into their journeys to discuss the challenges and moments that define their paths. So sit back, relax, and let the spark of positive energy ignite your curiosity. Welcome to the first episode of the Women in Architecture series. Today, I am joined by licensed architect and Navy officer Lauren. Lauren and I attended the Illinois Institute of Technology in Chicago for our undergraduate in architecture, and today we are going to talk about our experiences during those five years and how architecture school shaped us in our careers. Lauren, welcome to From the Honeycomb Podcast yet again. Thank you, Katarina. I'm happy to be back. Excited to uh, talk to you and uh, yeah. And reminisce of our IIT days. <laughs> I know. I, gotta, I really got to dig back to remember some of the stuff. Same. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Absolutely. So as you know, Lauren, we begin every episode by sharing something that we are grateful for in the present moment. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful. So this coming weekend, I'm going to Chicago for a friend's wedding. So Chicago's where we went to school, where we lived for several years. So uh, I'm grateful for just like old friends, people that you can not see for a while, but when you catch up, it's just great and everything is wonderful. Um, and it's just like my heart's so full every time I go there and I'm sad to leave. So I'm just very grateful for that. Be able to see those people and those have those friendships still last all these years later. So. Oh, nice. Oh, perfect. And you'll be there for summertime. Oh, that'll be great. That's like mm-hmm. the good time to go. So very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very, yeah. yeah. Don't go in March. You not go to Chicago in March. Yeah, no, no, not in the winter. Well, so as I mentioned, you're coming back on the episode on from the Honeycomb podcast because we had you on earlier this year where you talked about your Navy officer experience and what it's like being an architect in the Navy. But today we're going to focus on architecture school. And so as I mentioned, we both went to Illinois Institute of Technology. We'll call it Illinois Tech or IIT throughout the episode. I think it seems to be like the shorter version. I don't know. Illinois Institute of Technology is so long. It's long. I actually call it Illinois, Illinois Tech. Tech. We'll go with Illinois Tech, yeah. Not to mix it up, also IIT with ITT, tech, like that school, which a lot of people get confused. We are Illinois Tech. So Lauren, how did you hear about Illinois Tech? And when you applied, like, how did you know to apply there for architecture school? So mine was kind of uh, interesting. It was kind of a roundabout way. So um, I was very interested in playing college soccer. So I got recruited to Loyola University in Chicago. And so they did not have an architecture program, but I really wanted to play. It was Division One. I really wanted to go play there. My friend was going there. I love Chicago. And so I went there knowing they didn't have an architecture program, but I did all the research and was like, oh, you can get a master's after an architecture, which at the time I was 18. So that's a really silly idea just to go through all that and then go back into master's, just go to architecture school right away. But I did that. And when I was there, I decided I was like, what am I doing? Like, I want to be an architect. I love soccer, but I'm not going to be a professional soccer player. And so the coach from Illinois Tech had reached out to me when I was in high school, but I ignored it because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to this other school. And then it kind of came back around after my freshman year. I quit 
uh, Loyola. I didn't tell my dad. I didn't tell anyone. I just quit the soccer team. I was in the middle of the summer. It was like two weeks before school started. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going back to college. And my dad wasn't having it. He's like, you're going back. We're going somewhere. We're like at a restaurant. He's yelling at me in public. And he's like, and so he's like, we're going up. And he's like, find another school in Chicago that has architecture. And uh, I remember that coach had reached out to me and I was like, oh, they have a program. And he's like, great. We got in the car and we drove up. We knocked on the coach's door and uh, said, I'd like to play soccer here. And then I enrolled and that was kind of how it happened. It was about, like I said, two or three weeks before the season started. So it was very quick. No way. Okay. I knew you transferred, but I didn't know. And then you went to Loyola for a year, but I didn't know that it was so soon before that you started. Wow. Because we started like, like the third week of August. Wow. So like, yeah, so we started soccer started a few weeks before that so it's probably in July when we we reached out to the coach and then went up there but uh yeah so it was funny that uh that former coach who reached out to me little does he know I ended up at his because he didn't work there anymore little does he know that I ended up at a school and that's where I met my husband so <laughs> yeah I owe it all to him you never know whose lives you're going to influence when you do you things. don't it's, <laughs> and it's amazing those little things in life and then you end up meeting so many people and then we met and I remember yeah so my story for Illinois Tech wasn't that glamorous I just applied to I think 15 universities I got into 10 Illinois Tech was in my top five because I wanted to get into like visit a city live in a city experience the city but the the day we went there, the weekend my stepdad and I went to Illinois Tech to look at the school, see the campus, it was like in the midst of spring break. So nobody was there. The campus was super dead. And in the winter, it already looked kind of depressing even during the school year. But this was like deserted, cold, frozen tundra. I had just been recovering from a nasty cold. Like the city was so cold, so freezing. I'm coming from, you know, Orange County, California with like barely any, I think I had my ski jacket with me, like did not have the right attire. It was just terrible weather. Somehow, for some reason, I just was like, this is the place. This is, I mean, we went to other universities, even in New York, to Philadelphia. And for some reason, like, I just was like, Chicago seems like it. This is like such a fun city. And what helped too is I got a full ride tuition because my stepdad's a professor, I was able to get like a tuition exchange program from some program. So that kind of solidified me being able to go. But yeah, so not as dramatic, I think, or as a quick experience as yours. So I remember you transferring to Illinois Tech. I remember you being a year older. And then in studio, so studio was like our main class during school. And we had it, what, like 12 hours a week on top of it was literally consuming our lives. That's where we had our main projects, where we did all of our renderings, model making. What did you think of first year studio? I thought, so looking back, it was a shocker, the amount of workload. That part was, that was the year that I pulled the most all-nighters or that I was the most tired because I just wasn't used to it. And I didn't manage my time properly. But it was also a fun year. I loved hand drafting. It took forever and it was so painful, but I loved it. And so I have mixed feelings about that. The projects were great. The time commitment was terrible. And part of that's user error for not having good time management. But How many all-nighters do you think you did in school? As the years went on, progressively less. Like by fifth year, I had done zero. I just, at that point, I was like, I'm just ready to graduate and this is not worth it. But the first year, I remember the worst was I did a double all-nighter. Oh my gosh. And that was looking back, it was like, I remember I cut myself on something. I bled on my drawing. Like I literally broke part of my model. Looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, this was not, and I probably got a C too. I was like, this wasn't worth it. 
And so, but you kind of start learning that as you mature and as you grow, you're like, this is just not worth it. So directly answer your question. I don't know, probably less than 10, but that's still enough. Dang. I maybe did three tops. I remember my first one was in second year and I, the next day I had had so much caffeine I had this like I felt like during our review during like the the when we were presenting the project and it was a group project it was when we had to build I think it was the first group project of second year where we got some sort of wood structure and we had to do like build the whole building and it was ours was this huge like canoe house or something in like Missouri or Mississippi or something and my group did not organize themselves very well. And so we had to do an all-nighter and I had had so much caffeine. It was literally an out-of-body experience the next day. I didn't know what was happening to my body. Like it felt like my brain, my like heart, my like lungs, like my digestion, like everything was working in such a way. And I just remember being like, I feel awful. Like I can't imagine doing this again. And I think I did it like one or two more times. And then I was like, you know what? I need at least three to four hours of sleep if I'm like work till midnight, go to bed, wake up at like four and continue working or something. I could not do all nighters. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) They're awful. And then moving through architecture school. So each year we had the different studios and we hand drafted as we got through to fifth year, we weren't hand drafting anymore. What did you think of the programs as we were moving through once it became more like city urbanism? So I love like, urban design. And so some of the projects I did like, yeah, fourth and fifth year were like, they would give you a huge plot of land that was empty. And then you'd have to design like residential, commercial, like it was a whole project or whole like mini city. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, I loved it. I do think that, so I started off with your class and then I dropped back a year. So I got the first two years of materials where it was like, oh, I guess the first year wasn't materials. And the second year was like masonry and wood. By the time I came to my third year, where I was supposed to be doing steel and concrete, they switched the curriculum. And I think that the material part of the curriculum was great. So I wish that I had gotten the steel and the concrete. I think that fourth and fifth year, when they start doing, expanding you into like urban planning and stuff, that's fine. But I still, I preferred the first core years. Um, And so I got half of them, but I think I got ripped off a little bit with the masonry. That's right. I forgot that you, you stayed back a year. What was the reason that you didn't join our, our year or continued through it? So it was the second semester of our second year. And I just didn't know if I wanted to keep going. Like, I didn't know if it was for me. So I decided to pump the brakes and I stopped studio. I kept continuing my other classes just in case, but I quit studio. And so I thought about it over the summer and stuff. And I decided that I still wanted to continue architecture school. So, but I had to wait an entire year. So I quit in the spring semester. I had to wait till the next spring to finish that semester before I could continue on. So then I was a year behind, essentially. Yeah, you bring up a good point about architecture school. And I think second year was the year that, and I mentioned it on previous episodes, that was the year in our class that a lot of people questioned if they should be in architecture school or not. And I think because the program is so rigorous and the hard work, and like you were saying, even it's just an adjustment and then the all-nighters and the workload. It's interesting to see some of the classmates who took a break like you and then jumped back in and those who, I know we lost a few people second year to just being drafts person. And I think that had to do in part two with who was the head of second year studio. I can't remember his name at the top of my head right now, but I know he was very, very difficult to work with, that professor. 
yeah, obviously he wasn't that important. We can't remember his name, which is amazing to think. Like there's some professors' names I still remember and some that just go over my head. Yeah, like you feel like I was thinking back when talking about this episode and I'm just like, because it's been over 10 years and I'm like, wait, what did we? I just remember I got a degree. I don't remember. I remember ins and outs a little bit, but I don't remember as much as I thought. You're right. I just looked at the year. I didn't realize. Yeah. 10 years ago, I was studying abroad in Paris. That was third year. That's right. Oh my gosh, that was 10 years ago. It's amazing how much time has gone by. Like we've been out of school now longer than we were in school, which is crazy to think. Yes. And I think it's kind of a good for anyone that's listening. Architecture school is, you just need to get through Mm -hmm. it. So you, for the people that dropped out, it's okay if architecture is not for you and stuff. But if you're in the middle of school and you're like, professional practice is not like school. Like if you really want to be an architect, just get through it. It's painful. It's five years, get through it and it'll be better on the outside. No, for sure. And do you think our program prepared you for life outside of, and maybe I asked you this in, in your previous episode, but did school prepare you for at all? Like even for the exams? Yes and no. So I think school helps you. It shapes the way you think, the way your brain, like when you start looking at, like when you go to a site, right, they say, take a site visit, you start noticing the sounds and the sights and the smells and things that are oriented. Like, and I, so I think it kind of shapes your brain in this way that you did it before. I think there's some stuff we didn't focus on. We did details, right. But I could never grasp it in school. I was like, wait, but how does this go together? How does this but we always brushed over it. And I guess looking back now, it's anytime you're working in a firm, there's so many different details and you just, you figure it out when you're working at a firm. And so I guess for school, it wasn't at that time, I thought it was such a big deal that I didn't understand how to put this thing together. But looking back, it really wasn't. I think school there is just to like shape your brain into thinking like an architect. And so I think they did a good job with that. Yes. I think you're right. I think now looking back on it, I remember when we were like studying, because you and I studied for the ARE exams around the same time. And I remember thinking, especially our MEP class with that professor who looked like Conan (laughs) O'Brien. I can't remember his name either. It's just so bad. But I remember he looked like Conan O'Brien. And like his class, I remember it was just so overwhelming, the information on like, how to lay out your mechanical, your electrical, plumbing, everything. And then we had to do sun studies. And I was like, why are we even learning this? We don't even do this in studio. I had worked at an internship or two at that point, And I was like, this is stupid. Why are we learning this? And then it came up on the exams for programming and analysis. And I was like, ah, this all is all coming back to me on why we had to learn this. And so I remembered that class. And structures, structures classes also, I think, went a little over my head after that one I actually had to I passed the the very first structures class we took I passed but I didn't understand that I think I was just copying notes out of a book so I was like how am I going to pass the second and third one so that was the same time I dropped out of studio so I was like eh what's one more class to drop and I retook that class and the second time I took it I actually understood it which helped me with the follow-on class interesting did you have Rocky or Kibler do you remember Rocky? Rocky. Yeah, he was a good professor. I remember him. He scared me, though, so I didn't end up taking – he was so scary. But apparently, you, like, learned a lot from him, but he just intimidated me. But, yeah, yeah. No, Structures was also a good, interesting class as well because it was nice that it is, like, we understand, even in the exams, like, the basics of structures. And I think the professors did a good job of teaching us 
here's the concept. You don't need to memorize the formula. That was really helpful that we didn't have to memorize all of the formulas and everything, but just learn to apply. And I remember, I don't remember what grade, I don't even remember what grades I got. Has anyone asked you for your GPA yet? No. When I applied for the Navy, I think I had to put it in there, but they don't care what it, I think it's just they want a minimum or something, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I think. Yeah, that's another interesting thing is in architecture school, I don't think like I know with some certain majors and degrees, they do ask for your GPA because it holds so much value. But in architecture school, it really seemed like your studio work and your portfolio is really what helped you once you got out of school. I agree. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I don't know. I've never I don't have a master. So maybe when you apply for that, it matters. But I don't think just for normal life and work. Nobody cares. Nope. Nobody does. And so going through our, our school, the five years, is there any like memories or as you were thinking back, I know before we talked about before this episode, like, what do we remember? Is there anything that you remember that you're just that you kind of come back to like a core memory or a core class or something that you're just like, that was really, really beneficial? So I do remember when I was there, I was focused so much right on studio and all these other classes. The one class I rushed by and I wish I hadn't was history of architecture because I was so focused, like you said, the MEP class and all these calculations, things that I don't do now. Like I don't calculate heating loads and stuff really. I mean, so we hire somebody to do that. So I'm all worried about, I'm plugging all these numbers in, I'm staying up all night trying to figure this out. And then I just showed up to this uh, history of architecture class and like slept or didn't do anything. And now I'm like, that's actually the cool class because now I go around, I travel around the world and I see these buildings that I used to see on a, on a projector screen in this auditorium. I'm like, wait, what did, I don't remember anything about this building. I wish I had paid attention because that's actually like the cool stuff now. But yeah, just that one. And are there any classes you are definitely like, I don't ever want to sit through that class ever, ever again? Uh, the, yes, the four <laughs> classes. <laughs> Those were <laughs> like, sorry. <laughs> yes. Remember there was, we'd always be in groups, like 10 of us and one person would know how to do it. And everyone's like, wait, how'd you get that? And you're trying to like copy and nobody knows what's going on. It's like midnight and you're crabby. It's just like. That is true. I remember that class. I would think like to explain it to someone who didn't understand what we were doing is imagine taking a French class and then your homework's in Chinese. <laughs> it made no sense. Everything we were learning made absolutely no sense to the homework. And you're right. There was always that one or two people in the class who kind of figured it out. I feel like that's the year our class really unified because that was the class that nobody knew what was going on. So there was always that one or two people who like helped some figure it out for the rest of us. And like we really, I think, unified. And I think that was like, yeah, that third year or so. Yeah. I think thinking back to school and just the model making, I kind of miss making models. I was recently looking at a video of, there's a guy, Eric, he's from 30 by 40. He has a few like workshops, books, and I was kind of on one of his mailing lists and he was talking about like organizing your time as an architect and he talked about model making and he's like, he has his own studio and he makes models and it made me think now that I have my own firm is like, thinking about should I make models? Would they be helpful now in the real world? But then remembering how many hours it took to make models. Do you miss making models? I loved models. I have like a love-hate relationship actually with models. I love making models, but I think some people are talented at models and some just aren't. And I'm in the category of I'm just not talented. So as much fun as I would have doing them, I 
also have these terrible memories of it taking me twice as long as it would take another person to make it. And then I'm in line at the shop and it's Sunday night and the things do Monday morning and all the table saws are backed up and everyone's staring at you while you're cutting your wood. Like when's this chick going to hurry up? And then you break a piece and then you think you're done and you get out of line. Then you remember you forgot to cut one piece and then it's three o'clock in the morning and the wood shop's closed. And so it's like, I have a love hate of like, it's so much fun, but it also is like, very time consuming and tough. It is. It just made me remember there was one semester that I we lived together, but I more like bunked in your in your that was an apartment. It was like a little house, and I remember you making models in the basement. There was some project you had, and it was. Do you remember that project? I can't remember what it was that you were working on. Oh, I guess I was making a. Uh... So I was working on a recycle center. So to make the model, I used recyclables. So it was like cutting up uh, like electronic pieces and stuff. And it was just, it was, yeah, I remember that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And that was was a great idea when I started. I was like, oh, this would be so cool. And like my model is like what the project is. And then as the hours went on and on, I was like, I should have just cut this thing out of chipboard. I remember that model. Yeah. Cause I remember thinking like that was the semester I think we didn't have, I didn't have with you. And I was wondering what you were building and that's right. Yeah. You used recycled materials. Yeah. No model making was definitely within of itself an experience. Yeah. And did you take any computer program classes? I did. I was going to, yeah, I was going to mention that as well. I think that's similar for me to model making. There's some people that are talented and then some that are not, and I'm falling to the not talented category. But I think it's, I think every, now in school, everyone's taking them. I took them anyways, because I think back when we were in, you didn't have to take, you might have had to take one at the beginning, but the rest were electives. I chose to take them anyways, because I, I knew I was not good at it. So I was like, oh, let me try to get better. And I think those classes are very beneficial, because uh, the professors that teach them are like, are wizards at those mm-hmm. programs. And so, I, yeah, I liked those a lot. Yeah, that is true. The computer programs I did not take because that was not my, I did not do well in computer programs. And I think that's now a hindrance to me now that I'm in the profession where I wish I had focused more on Revit. I didn't. So of course I've had to take a course since then, you know, out of school. And there's so many programs out there now. I mean, even just hearing people who are a few years younger than us and some of the software that's coming out, like I plan on learning ArchiCAD. I don't know if you, do you know ArchiCAD? I've heard of it, but I don't. Yeah, I'm going to try taking a course, seeing how I like that compared to Revit. And it's like, those are the moments where I'm kind of kicking myself where I wish I had focused on, I wouldn't have done Grasshopper. That looked way too intense where it's just, it's like you plug stuff into boxes and then they all have little cables that link to each other. And all of a sudden you have a building that just did not, my mind did not comprehend that. So it's interesting, some of the computer software programs, and I can't even imagine now. I mean, they don't draft anymore at Illinois Tech through the five-year program at all. No point. Yeah, because by the time we were graduating, I don't remember them drafting at all. It went straight to computers, which I think is such a shame. And I think you brought up a good point, too, about like when you said one of the things you liked was hand drafting. And now I've tried hand drafting. I did some details actually for a deck railing this past week. And it was interesting to go back to hand drawing and versus of just going straight to CAD. And so I'm interested in when you have some sort of detail section plan, something you're thinking through, do you go to a hand drawing? Do you just sketch something out or are you in the computer? Um, I'd probably say more in the computer. Really? But I scribble a lot on pages, okay. though. 
I scribble a lot of writing and, but it's usually stuff that no one else can read. Right. So if I'm going to draft something out, it's definitely not something I would present to somebody. It's just kind of my own notes and stuff. So, but I think that's a good point though, because things evolve over the years, right. With technology and that's, that's just good. And the industry is advancing, but some things I think that they leave out are a shame. One that I wish they had kept for us, the old firm that I used to work at, uh, my boss was maybe 20 years older than me or so, maybe, yeah, about 20. And his writing was perfect because he would like all block capital letters. And my writing's not bad, but it was like, his was like, looked like he printed it on a piece of paper, but it was done with his pencil. And so I know that they used to do that a lot. But when we were in school, they didn't do that. And so I wish they had like a writing class Mm -hmm. uh, because I think it's neat write like that and I think it's so useful today because when you present things to clients if you're in front of them you might draw something real quickly and it's nice to be able to just write so they can read it legibly no for sure and I think yeah you again you bring up another great point is like yeah when you're in front of a client and you're meeting at a job site and you need to be able to sketch something that is a huge thing to know because I know the art class we took our first year was absolutely useless I mean did you do you remember having to draw those naked models Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, and I remember sitting in class going, and there was a naked model in front of us. And I'm like, what the hell does this have to do with architecture? Like, this has, like, I'm first off, I suck at drawing people. They're always stick figures. And here I am having to draw a body. And I feel like that those were some interesting art classes. And I didn't take any sketching classes until the end, where we had one class you could take in the fall with God, I can't remember this professor's name either, but we did like walked around Chicago and were able to sketch a lot of like the famous buildings, like the Roby House, the University of Chicago. Then we did a few other little tours around the city where we got to sketch. And then that kind of brings up a point of Chicago is I love that we went to school in a city, especially Chicago, because not only was the first skyscraper there, but While we were there, I mean, yes, we started in like 2010, which was kind of that like economic downturn. But by the time we were graduating in 2015, it seemed like there were so many projects underway. What did you think of the experience of going to school for architecture in such a architecturally like vibrant city? I loved it. Yeah, I absolutely love that city. And I know I had a lot of friends back home where I grew up that went to like state schools, which there's nothing wrong with that. And that's your, that's what you like to do. But I just never could, I don't know, like, they're like, oh, you have these awesome football games with 50,000 people and all this, and all these, you know, fraternity sororities. And I just was like, I never was into it. I, the city to me was way yeah. cooler. So I, even though our school was small and stuff, I just, downtown Chicago was to me was, that was the draw. No, for sure. Yeah. Coming back to when I, why I decided to go there, I think that's what the draw was as well. And, and it was also great hearing a lot of our professors would be involved in certain projects. Like I had a friend move into an apartment building and we found out that one of the professors was one of the architects who helped design that apartment building, like in the South Loop. And so it's like, it was really cool how intertwined even our professors and their careers were with what was happening in the city. I agree. And then some of them were, I know I had a professor I don't remember their names quite, but there's a couple. They were, like you said, they were doing a design for a building, right? They won an award and it was like something that you could read about in the newspaper. And I was like, oh, like, they're my professor. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. No, it was great being immersed with the city and, and the opportunities and the, the site visits. And that was another fun thing I liked that our school did. And I know a lot of, I think, schools do is where you get a vacant site 
And then that's where you design your project. And that was always kind of fun because you got to learn so much about the neighborhoods. And I remember there was one project, I think this was second year, where we did one in Pilsen. Were you second semester? Oh, that would have been second semester. Yeah, yeah. So probably not. I remember I had Professor Mills. I really liked her. And we did a project in Pilsen, which Pilsen is the name of like the Czech town Pilsen. And that's where Czech immigrants used to live. And the building next to our vacant site said the words Škola on top, which means school in Czech. And it was such a cool little like moment, like because I didn't really know nothing about Chicago until I moved there. I'm going to say something really embarrassing now. Actually, I just remembered when I moved to Illinois, I thought the capital of Illinois was Chicago. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> like, I remember it was like the week my mom dropped us off or my parents dropped us off. And my mom goes, do you even know what the capital of Illinois is? I'm like, it's Chicago. Duh. She's like, oh, no, no. She's like, it's Springfield. I'm like, Springfield? And I just thought The Simpsons. But anyway, just kind of reminded me of. It's okay. Most, like, most people don't know what the capitals are or places are. It's okay. Yeah. There's always this random town somewhere. It is. So. Yeah. No. And I think. Yeah, just living in Chicago and and the history of the city was just amazing. And one thing I regret is I wish I had done gone to more of the Frank Lloyd Wright houses in Oak Park. That's something I think because we were so heavily focused on like Mies van der Rohe. So Ludwig Mies van der Rohe, for anyone listening, he was the one who he came over from Germany during the Bauhaus movement. And essentially like we're like the Bauhaus of America, like Illinois Tech, the campuses, and he designed the campus. And so I feel like we were more focused on like Mises' work. So we saw the Farnsworth house and all of his skyscrapers downtown. But I really wish I had stayed to enjoy more of the Frank Lloyd Wright buildings. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite architect? Just random question. No, I mean, I like, this is controversial, but I like Frank Gehry's work. Interesting. But uh, (laughs) yeah, I always go see his work. I think it's it's neat. But so if off the top of my head, I had to say a favorite, I guess probably be him, but. Interesting. I always find that my favorite thing is just not necessarily a favorite architect or favorite building, but it's more like when I go visit a building that I've seen in a book or I've seen in class like for years and then I'm like standing in front of it and I'm like, whoa, I'm in front of this thing that I've been reading about for the last 15 years. That to me is kind of the awe moment. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective of it. I never thought about like, yeah, once you studied it and then you finally see it and then you're like, wow. And especially being able to touch the materials of a building. Like I remember when I was studying abroad in Paris, our professor took us to Amsterdam and we went into this one building and there was, we were a group of 18 and he was telling us like, oh yeah, when you walk into this building, it was the, like the music hall or something like our symphony hall. And he's like, you're going to see this beautiful, like precast concrete. And so we walk into the lobby and all of us are like, oh wow. And we start and we're all just like touching the concrete walls. And the receptionist lady just looks at all of us and she's like, you can't touch this. Like, what are you? She probably thought we were all like high or something because we're all just like, wow, feel this. Like, so there is something to say, like, once you actually see the building in person and you can touch the material and like really just get a sense of what the building is like. It made me think of this one. The Is it the Poetry Foundation off of by like Chicago Avenue? That's a cool building. That's very yeah, there's it's just tucked away. I think it's a block south of Chicago Avenue and a few blocks west of Michigan Avenue. I can't remember the name, but it's the Poetry Foundation. And that's one of those buildings where materialistically, like it was great to see in drawings, but then once you were actually in it, it's a different story. Yeah. And then are there any certain like buildings or landmarks in Chicago that really like 
spoke to you? I don't know. I just, I think I just liked seeing everything. It was like, they gave us the first year they gave, and I still have this list. It's a printed hard copy of all the buildings you should see in Chicago. And I have it tucked in a folder. Um, I don't think I got to every single one of them, but I go back to Chicago once a year-ish or so. Um, so I'm hoping to check that list off. But so no, I don't have a particular favorite one, but I just, I loved going around to all of them. And I guess Crown Hall, I, obviously I loved it. I think it's just because we were there and it was just like home. So that was yeah, special. no, Crown Hall, and that's the School of Architecture at Illinois Tech. There is something to be said about that building. Like the way it was designed was truly special. And I remember first year there was the first time I experienced snow and lightning at the same time. And it was so surreal to be in this big glass box and to see like it's snowing and the blizzard and just throughout the school year, seeing all of the seasons, it was so, I don't know, it was very, I don't know what the word would be for the design, but it, you could feel like, even though as an architect, architecture student, you're working hard, long hours, you're constantly in studio, you're constantly working at your desk. There was something like beautiful about, you still got to see the seasons change around you. Cause I know there was one year that either didn't have enough room for people. So we had to go to the building across the hall or across the the courtyard. And it was so much different being in an enclosed space, trying to design rather than being in Crown Hall. And I liked that I like that before. I don't know if I like the renovations of Crown Hall. Once they put the offices upstairs, I think that ruined it. But, well, not our, wasn't our call for them to do that in the end. And so now looking kind of back on, like, I'm starting to remember more and more just talking with you about, like, those five years. I'm like, there's a few, like, core memories coming up. And for you then, are you glad you went to Illinois Tech? Absolutely. Yes, I loved it. Looking back, I think, I'm not sure if you said this to me or we had talked about it, but what's some things you wish maybe you had done differently or, and so looking back, I think I stressed out too much about studio. Mm-hmm. You want to, you're, you're at school to do school, but at the same time, there's all these other wonderful things going on. And so I would not have stressed as much about studio because at the end of the day, the grade you get, you just got to pass. And so I think on your other episode, you said you would, you remember some students trying to change things last minute for the professor. Mm-hmm. And the reality is if, you, if you're a C student and you make a change in the, in the night, you know, the last hour, you're probably still a C, C student. And so it's like, I caught caught in that trap where I was like, oh, maybe I can get a B if I change this. And it's two days before. And I'm looking back and I'm like, that was nonsense. I should have just kept what I had, got my sleep, gone, hung out with friends and, and enjoyed more of a social life, managed my time better. And so that's what I would change. That seems to be the the theme of anybody I've talked to that's gone through architecture school is I wouldn't have done as many late hours and I wouldn't have done, you know, I would have had fun. And I think that's so true because we designed a fire station. We designed a spa house. We designed what else? Like a ceramic studio. Those are things I'm never, ever going to design outside of architecture school. So I really wish I had had more fun and just kind of been like, just have fun. That's You don't have to worry about budget. You don't have to worry about building codes. You don't have to worry about you know, zoning regulations and the client's wants and needs. Like you are 
you have an unlimited source of funds when it comes to your design. I remember I talked to Professor Johnson, Leslie Johnson, who is my favorite professor. And I remember we were going through the studio and I said, when do we learn about budgeting? And like, can we just like have really expensive materials in this? It was for the fire station project. She's like, yeah, you don't really learn that in architecture school. You'll learn that once you like get into the profession. And I wish a light bulb had gone off in my head in that moment, like, well, then you can just design whatever you want. It doesn't matter what it looks like, you know, or like as far as like material, you can, you know, pretend it's the most expensive material. So yeah, definitely having more fun and not worrying about all those late nights. Yeah. Well, Lauren, this was really good to sit and reminisce about architecture school. I, it was an interesting five years. I can't believe it's been that long. I didn't even, it was like, oh, it's like five years ago, but it's been, we've been out for eight years now, which is crazy to think. But overall, I think it was, you know, going to Illinois Tech, it did prepare me for the architecture world. I don't know if for you, it seems like you, seems like for you. Yes. Very happy. Very happy. Good. We'll always have a special place in my Yeah. Heart. No, it was a good chapter of our lives and I'm glad I got to meet you through it as well. Me as yeah. well. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, thank you so much for coming on from the Honeycomb Podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of From the Honeycomb Podcast. As we conclude, I want to express my gratitude for joining me in today's episode. I hope you have found it insightful and inspiring. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and click that like button so you never miss an episode. And don't forget to share this with your friends. You can follow me on Instagram at From the Honeycomb Podcast. And you can also further your support of From the Honeycomb by visiting the patron link provided in the show notes. Your contribution helps make more episodes possible. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to my monthly newsletter, A Spark of Positive Energy, that comes out on the 7th of each month. Thank you so much and see you next Friday.